yeah, Dylan. Welcome to 1990, you fucking loser. Whoa, I didn't realize that uh, the Sergeant Slaughter stuff started in 1990. It's always so defined in my mind. When the WWF started its downswing. But I'll tell you this, baby. It starts in 19-fucking-90. Yeah, baby. This is... This is the year when Vince McMahon really reaps what he sows. It has been eight years of unprecedented success, taking steroids, cheating on his wife, not knowing his kids' names. Press up. Mm. Press up. Show your dick to a secretary. Mm. Press up. Press up. Be unnecessarily rude to a French Canadian that you think is Asian somehow. Press up. Mm -hmm. Press up. Tell an accountant to full-on eat ink. Make him drink ink. Press up. Press up. <laughs> Chug this fucking ink, you fucking number cuck. Who the fuck knows math? You only need to know how to read. Um, yeah, I read numbers, and I fucking add up letters. Suck my dick, for realio. I don't know who said it, but people who do math are employees, and people that don't know math are bosses, but I believe that, and I think Vince McMahon also does. <laughs> whatever excuse he has for not knowing something i'm sure he takes it i am of course dylan got the man yelling of course is john hastings and we're talking about the year 1990 for one vincent kennedy mcmahon in part 12 somehow of the vince mcmahon saga 1990 gets so fucking horny it gets so fucking good George. George Sahorian officially is flipping over and letting the FBI riddle him with penis bullets. Yeah, this he is, is fucking getting caught with $25,000 worth of what I can only be described as New Jersey's state flag, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so 1990, not a, not a good year for Vince McMahon's personal doctor. Not a good year. Dr. Feelgood George Sahorian, he is full arrested. Um, right off the bat. Yeah, not half arrested. Yeah. He's not fucking an over-the-pants handjob arrested. This is full-on two fingers in the ass. We're fucking gonna, right in there arrested. We're going to start in March and then move backward. George Hazarian is the uh, doctor that centers around the steroid scandal. This is the beginning of the steroid scandal. By the way, supposedly, didn't Christopher Hobson, our researcher, email us and be like, Vince McMahon knew the bust was coming down? Like, the, someone was like, oh, just so you know... Zahorian's going bye bye. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, he had informants a hundred percent. Vince McMahon did. I genuinely believe everyone who runs a business that's any amount of shady, and even any just if you get big enough, if you're this in the in the world, um, if you're this famous, basically, you have to have people on the inside. No, I'd like to, to believe that toy. I'd like to believe that Toys R Us didn't have a fucking FBI agent on retainer. Toys R Us, dude. Have you seen? You've watched those Netflix documentaries on um, where they talk about Barbie and that lady's like, I would have sunk brats in five fucking seconds. We would have had a fucking doll out where it was Barbie shoving brats of her fucking new hairy pussy. We would have had a fucking hairy pussy Barbie and we would have made brats fucking take it sh- eat shit. We would have had him a shit-eating brat. And we're like, please, ma'am, let go of my wrist. I can't do that. Oh, yes. No, I've definitely watched the Netflix documentary, The Toys That Made Us, featuring the uh, wrestling toys episode, where it's basically just a bunch of real creeps talking about kids. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a bunch it's, of Jerry Lee Lewis's, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, a real bunch of cousin fuckers and pool owners fucking jabber jawing about little ladies. Um, it, <laughs> it is... I, yeah, I understand that the truth is wrong, and I guarantee Toys R Us had like a CIA agent, like a former CIA agent on retainer, and it was just like, um, Cabbage Patch doesn't want to give us the new, the new, uh, the new batch for spring season. Make sure that one of their daughters ends up drowned in front of them, McCall. You, you got it, Mister Arus. Yeah, the guy <laughs> Toys R Us is named. James Aras. Anyway, um, I, I just, it's also, imagine how shit an FBI agent you are that you're taking a bribe or you're an informant for Vince McMahon. Like, you meet him in a fucking secluded garage to let him know that George Sahorian is getting arrested federally. And we're going to go through what, just this is just the final sting, by the way. But I guarantee an agent like gets into Vince's sedan. He's by himself and Vince just hard farts just as he gets in. Ha, ha, ha. Warm it up for you. Like, why would you do that? We're <laughs> supposed to be pals. Um, well, I think that there's a good chance that, of course, since steroids is kind of a who cares, it's an easy thing to like. Only a couple years uh, previously was this made illegal. So odds are there's an FBI guy who's like, yeah, I'll take your fucking money. I don't think this shit should be illegal. Okay. Anyway. Yes. It's oh, just you're right. people getting fucking ripped up, getting shredded up. Like, is this the, is there, are steroids actually so illegal that you can't get some in 10 minutes? No, but I, again, but how but, long do you think it would take you to get steroids? I guarantee I could get heroin in 45 minutes if I really tried. Oh, yeah. Like, it's anyone that's like, oh, drugs are hard to get. It's like, you're not looking hard enough and you just have to go. I'm probably We're not. also. Go ahead. Comedians, though. I mean, that doesn't mean that much. Like the the biggest fuck ups now in my mid thirties are all not comedians. Like comedians twenties, absolutely. Oh yeah, midlife crisis time. Well, I mean, we're fast approaching. Like within the next couple of years, hopefully the world gets ironed out again, so we can just have some fun watching our friends buy like oh, motorcycles. So <laughs> like I have a few friends that I am keeping an eye on that I know it's going to be a. Like a full tilt boogie meltdown. Because we also have a lot of friends that are about five to six years older than us. So that are hitting 40. <laughs> There's a couple of guys that are going to get full on hair extensions and be like, uh, I left my wife and my kids. Her name's Brandy and she's uh, spending all my money. So uh, George Zahorian uh, was... Uh, had a final sting conducted by the FBI. This time, he sold $25,000 worth of 60 Vicodin, 1,128 Halcyons, 952 Xanax, 48... Booyah. Uh, Libitrol... Libitors? Libitors. Sure. Yeah. Four vials of testosterone, testosterone and 85... That's it. Darvakets. I don't know what the fucking last word is. Uh... It was his records that evidence found that he had been distributing to wrestlers on uh, the 24th of June. Roddy Roddy Piper testified that he had purchased steroids from Zahorian on March 23rd. Zahorian, of course, was found guilty of 12 counts, eventually sentenced to three years in prison and with two for probation. At his trial, uh, the start of the public battle was about to take place. Throughout the second half of 1990, there was a slew of negative publicity for the company, and that negative publicity surrounded by all of these wrestlers are taking steroids. Now, when I heard about the steroid trial in retrospect, and I gotta believe Vince McMahon feels this as well, is why are you fucking surprised fucking look at them? Yes, it's illegal, 
But why is everyone just like, oh my God, they're taking steroids? And it's like, yeah, no one has a nine pack in their late 30s, you fucking assholes. Yeah. Well, also, the real problem here is, uh, once again, I think this is like the media going for the most salacious story. Yeah, let's get it, John. I just cut John off. Now it's my turn. Ready for an hour discussion? No, I think it's like the real, obviously, culprit here is they find four vials of testosterone. The rest of this shit's all painkillers. The shit is all painkillers and then four vials of testosterone. And then they're going... Oh shit! It's all te- it's all steroids. Like no man, this dude just had painkillers because these guys did fucking body slams, goddamn s- four hundred nights a year somehow. Because Vince McMahon invented Burns Day, which is after Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he invented an eighth day of the week, which is you just don't sleep for the other seven days of the week, and you t- count up the hours that you weren't in full psychosis, and that's your extra day. <laughs> yeah, he wants the sleep hours back. So however much you slept, he that adds up to an extra day or more. Like we're going to get into this a little bit later on when Stephanie graduates from college, but when Stephanie was gra- Oh, don't say that. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. When Stephanie graduates from We're going to get into this a bit more when Stephanie graduates from college. <laughs> It's because Vince McMahon actually charged her for all of the hours she slept in his house because he was like, you could have been working in those hours. <laughs> child labor. Because he doesn't believe child labor laws applied during the night time. Well, yeah, that's the fun part is that Vince McMahon, where they go, uh, oh, you've never had a vacation? And he's like, yeah, I take a four-hour vacation every night. I call it sleep. I guarantee Vince McMahon would be the worst person on a vacation. Like... If people act like, oh, he doesn't take a vacation, it's like, do you think his family want to be alone on a beach with a man that that's that fucking focus? Like, I guarantee Linda, at this point, when he's just like, I think we should go away for the weekend, she's just like, go lock yourself in the closet for one hour, and then you'll rest. Like, he... I Yeah, he would for sure, like, just be like, hmm... I'm buying this beach. <laughs> he would buy and close the beach just to be like, now I'm a heel. <laughs> Not everything is wrestling. No, I'm a heel now. Is it a nice beach in Costa Rica? How much for this beach? Uh, it's not for sale, sir. How fucking much? All right. It buys a bu- I'd like to buy and close all the public beaches. <laughs> I'm going to meet the nicest person here, and I want to ask them what they think a good rate for a public beach is, and then that's what I'm charging, and I'm blaming them for this. Yeah. Um, can you get Mark Henry on an airplane? I want him to give the Hall of Pain speech, but about the beach. Yep. Sure, he's on his way. <laughs> so, January 1990, they have worked on the Ultimate Warrior. They've been rubbing him down with that fucking, you're going to be a big boy juice for two years now. In the oven. They've been Ooh, flipping. Yeah. He's crispy. Oh, yeah. It's almost trying to take that little fucking cock out of the oven oh and slide it in this. Oh, who else is fucking... <laughs> no, wait. Oh, what? <laughs> I was confused. Uh, so... Vince tries to leave viewer's choice because Vince <laughs> Vince receives... This is fucked. Vince only received 40% from the sales. So if he sells a pay-per-view for $40, he gets $16. <laughs> That's fucked up. The thing that I want to say, though, is Vince McMahon... You can see the seeds of every decision he makes in the 2010s from looking at like his early life because everything in Vince McMahon's life is motivated by revenge. Like, But even long after the people are dead, long after the conflict is resolved, he's still out there trying to win for no reason in fucking particular. 
as best exemplified by the, you can see, okay, he doesn't like the split from pay-per-view companies. He spends the rest of the time trying to create his own distribution network for pay-per-view, which he never really is able to do. He launches the WWE network, and instead of reasonably going, okay, we'll have some pay-per-views, some network specials, he goes, no, I'm now in control, even though it's going to cost me money doing this because it's going from $10 a month to $50, like, $50 a month for each pay-per-view. It's so fucked. Yeah, well, him making sixteen dollars in nineteen ninety, obviously, like this is the thing where he, this is the him trying to get his own distribution really starts in January of nineteen ninety, or starts when he fucking learns about pay per view, where it's like he can't have all the money, and and honestly, the pay per view companies they fucking take a lot of money, man. That's there's a reason why Floyd Mayweather pay per views are all hundred dollars. It's because he gets probably thirty of those dollars, and then his opponent gets twenty. I completely agree with everything you're saying, and you could be angry about it, but they have the means of distribution. There's literally nothing you can do about it. It's one of those things where it's like, it's fucked up that that thing, that that person's in charge. Well, they are. There's nothing you can do about it from your position unless you want to buy the pay-per-view company, and then you can change the deal, but you won't because you don't want to lose the money that's being generated. Yes, but then in 20 years, baby, Vince McMahon lines up his ducks, gets his ducks in a row, and fucking nice to put your lips on it because it's time to blow. Yeah. Does that make sense? Your face off. No, it does not. Yeah, blow your face off because you thought you were kissing a dick, but it turns out it was a gun because it's the WWE Network, and you're actually going to somehow lose a substantial amount of money even though because you don't roll out the network properly. Because you have all of this content. I still think that the network is... I mean, it. how many subscribers do they have? Like 2 million? No, it's not 2 million. I don't think it's 2 million. I think it's a million and something. That's still like, what, 10 million? And then all the shit they cut? Like, they're, they're doing fine, buddy. No one would complain... I genuinely believe no one would complain about the network if they're like, Oh, uh, you just have to buy pay-per-views again. Like, all right. <laughs> It's ten bucks. It's ten bucks a month. I've just been using this to watch Nitro in 1996. I don't care about Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I've been watching fucking bad WCW with Mike Lawrence all lockdown. It's been fucking great. The NWO, by the way, has not aged well. Why not? Well, it really doesn't make any sense when you know how it's going. Like when you don't know what the final chapter of that faction is, you're like, oh, maybe they'll turn this around. But literally, every match is just our good buddy. Uh, steroid Hulk Hogan walking to the ring really slowly. Eric Bischoff and him kiss on the forehead, and then he back rakes someone for 30 minutes, and then he somehow wins. <laughs> it was a three-hour program. WWE Network, as of this recording, 1.949 million subscribers. Right, so they're well, almost at That's a fuck ton of fucking cashew. But I don't believe that, really, because it's Vince McMahon, so I'm going to say it's 1.8 solidly. But exactly, that is, that is a good amount of money and they no longer had to pay pay-per-view points to people like they did Hulk Hogan back then where they don't have to pay pay-per-view points to people on top of that so they get to keep all the money and they've basically like everything else the money has it's like everything in show business the money has gone down but they found a way to cut out giving the artist money so they basically have the same uh portion of the pie yeah they break even because they're evil evil boys 19 90 January 21st in Orlando Arena Orlando Florida 16,000 people show up to the Royal Rumble yeah baby the pay-per-view was 260,000 people by bought it up 165,000 from the previous year 
So this is the last gasp of Hulkamania, really, in its first run. Disagree. People... Hulkamania will never die. If anything, it's gotten stronger. Now, the rules, they're a little bit more hard to follow, but they are more important to Hulk Hogan. Because he's always, always... This new new Millennium uh, Hulkamania is much more about uh, Blue Lives Matter <laughs> and much less about taking your vitamins. It's a lot more about <laughs> respecting the president no matter what he does and also... Yeah, and also remember, yeah, saying things like these colors don't run to a crying parent who was the victim of a school shooting. That's the new tenets of Hulkamania. <laughs> Showing up to Sandy Hook and saying, you were all actors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying this for a second, dude. Like, let's put it... Th- <laughs> Let me tell you something, crying woman brother. This is all actors, dude. That didn't happen. That's not a dead kid. That is a bunch of squirrels. <laughs> what you gonna do when Hulk Hogan and Alex Jones run wild on you globalist elite Jewish people that we don't care for because you somehow have all the money and we want all the money. Let's go tanning, Alex. Take out your peen peen. <laughs> Here's a real conspiracy theory. The Ultimate Warrior is not dead. He just cut his hair and got fat. He is Alex Jones. Because it's Alex Jones is just one giant Ultimate Warrior promo that people just take seriously Holy for some reason. Holy shit. That, Alex Jones <laughs> is the Ultimate Warrior. Like, I don't know. I check in on Alex Jones during Hulk any sort Hogan, of... Hogan, the water's making me gay. <laughs> like how... Yeah. Well, you, you have seen the Ultimate Warrior promo where he predicts 9-11. Yeah. Where he's flying... Where he's, he knew. He knew. Where he's flying to, um, he's flying, he talks about, we're going to be flying to Toronto, me and you, Hulk Hogan, and something's going to happen to the plane. Uh, and uh, I will go to the cockpit. I will assume the control. You're in the cockpit, Hulk Hogan. I will grab the controls, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And I will um, put it into a nosedive directly to parts unknown. Essentially being like, yeah, I'm going to fly the airplane into a building. That's how much I want to win this match. Also, I didn't think about this till we were, I was thinking about the Sergeant Slaughter feud and then previous, uh, sorry, subsequent feuds, but Parts Unknown is in America. Did you know that, John? Is it really? Where is it? No, I mean, like, it's just like, they always have the guys who are from Parts Unknown on the American teams and all these things. It's like, the Ultimate Warrior is, uh, in, is American too, and he's fighting General Adnan because he's in America. And man, this is the best food, not even because of... Not even because of the Gulf War. We're doing this out of whatever. But it's just so funny. It's like we're supposed to be scared of Sergeant Slaughter. And it's these two massive guys who work out. And then just a guy who like has no musculature or anything other than just the biggest, weirdest pot belly. Yeah, the thing with Sergeant Slaughter is he looks like you'd see him at a gym, but he's not working out. Like he's got a towel around his neck. Yeah. He's reading a magazine. Looks like he shows up in jeans yeah. just to make his son feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just there to be like, what are you doing on the fucking treadmill, son? He's like, uh, you got to do 20 minutes of cardio, dad, to work, get your heart rate up? Nah. Yep, 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 yep. You sound like your mother, boy. Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to do <laughs> one fucking... You get enough cardio asking me you buy your stuff. <laughs> so suck off. Hey, you get enough cardio just being a fucking... I don't know. All right, I'm just gonna go do what? <laughs> what? I'm gonna go do one chin up, but my feet won't leave the ground because you got to be ready for an attack. Goodbye. You're walking home. Or just like you, or the kind of a guy who sees you lift a lot of weight and goes, "But you, when'd you get up today? Seven a.m. I got up at three a.m. 
I'm still stronger somehow. This is a very Toronto thing because I used I go to the gym. I like to be a in shape fellow. Uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada is the number one city in the world for shitty fucking dudes in their fifties uh, who look like Sergeant Slaughter um, coming up to you and explaining what you're doing wrong on the machines. To the point that I got into an argument with a guy because he explained how to use kettlebells wrong. And I was like, no, that's not true. And I was like, I showed him on my phone. I was like, I looked up a video. And he was like, I don't think you want to be looking up videos when you're at the gym. And I was like, you came over to me, stranger, to give me criticism, you fucking loser. Oh, that guy sucked. Also, I later saw his penis in the locker room. Not girthy. (laughs) So we should start exclusively talking about wrestling now, because if there is a new listener out there, they are fucking pissed. But they're they're yeah, they're probably stiff as a fucking chop from who cares? <laughs> anyway, so the Ultimate Warrior is a number one. He is going to be the new Hulk Hogan. He is going to be more Hulk Hogan. If Hulk Hogan oh, yeah. is penis, Ultimate Warrior is very penis. Um, oh yes, this is true. Uh, and Ultimate Warrior was the fucking man. Let's fucking break this down. Ultimate Warrior, the noise that they have when they have their interaction at the Royal Rumble where Hulk Hogan gets uh, accidentally clotheslined by the Ultimate Warrior and they have a face-to-face. The crowd goes fucking crazy. And all this idea that Hulk Hogan probably was slightly more popular than the Ultimate Warrior because he had been there longer. He was more established. He wasn't nearly as weird. But the Ultimate Warrior is still... He is... Vince McMahon, he's clearly a Vince McMahon alone creation. He is the most successful alone Vince McMahon creation. He was very much taken under the wing of Vince McMahon. He hung out with Linda a lot, which is kind of weird. Um, And this is all building to replacing Hulk Hogan. Now, Hulk Hogan talks a lot about how he knew the Ultimate Warrior wasn't going to work. I agree with you. I agree that you can see why the Ultimate Warrior is not going to work if you're Hulk Hogan because you know in your heart of hearts what got you over was Roddy Piper and Andre the Giant and they do not have those type of heels that haven't already been defeated by uh, by uh, Hogan for Ultimate Warrior to mm. face. If they had, that's true. If they had held back and protected fucking Mister Perfect, so Mister Perfect wasn't beaten by Brutus the fucking barber beefcake and then gone on a house shoe lo- house show loop with Hulk Hogan that's a viable type of match and actually a smart way to present it because Kurt Henning is one of those wrestlers that arguably could have a match with anyone ergo he might be able to fucking make the ultimate warrior look fucking good in the way that Roddy Piper did you put the genius with Mr. Perfect Mr. Perfect's doing a poem ultimate warrior comes out and beats the shit out of him and then he has to fight macho man Randy Savage backstage for no reason yeah Yeah, but Mr. Perfect was supposed to win the Royal Rumble and then Hogan basically convinced uh, McMahon to have him win the Royal Rumble instead and it was probably an easy thing because as they've always said WWF is a fun, light product here where the bad guy never wins. The good guy always wins. And if the good guy does, or if the bad guy does win, it's because it's leading up to a pay-per-view where you have to pay money to see the good guy win. Now, that's how wrestling usually works, but this is how, obviously, they don't want to leave you on a sour note on a big pay-per-view such as this. I think Hulk Hogan said- Man, I rewatched that WrestleMania 6 match and it's really like, it's really like Hulk Hogan- is so much better at wrestling and performing than the Ultimate Warrior. It's nuts. A hundred percent. Hulk Hogan's problem is he is 
he is the best on the top main event guy ever. And also, but he does certain things where you're like, you didn't need to do that. Do you know what I mean? The only problem Hulk Hogan had, and the thing all Hulk Hogan exploited here, especially in the early 90s, is that he exploited Vince McMahon's fear of that evil Knievel jump again. Because Vince McMahon is always gambling all his money. We're going to get to talk about this later, but the WBF is founded this year. Oh, We're not going to talk about it this episode. Because yes. I want to do like a compilation of all Vince McMahon's weird ideas that didn't work out. But... That, that aside, the Royal Rumble obviously is won uh, by the Hulk Hogan. YOLO, YOLO, YOLO. He want, Hulk Hogan is going to Hollywood to... <laughs> I mean, Hollywood is very loose here. He's filming Suburban Commando. He wants to take a bit of time off to spend more time with his, uh, with his family. And fo- absence makes the heart grow fonder with a guy like this. Absolutely. And also, Suburban Commando... Not a successful movie, but fuck me, did they advertise the shit out of that movie? I was I was five years old when, and I remember seeing the trailers on television, and it was like, now this is a fucking movie, everybody. You got Doc Brown, <laughs> he gets frozen, and there's a bounty hunter from space. Why aren't we watching this now? Why are we still at home? What the fuck is everyone's problem? And it it can't be undersold how big wrestling still is. They get a 12.8 rating for the main event on NBC. That is where, of course, Buster Douglas knocks out Randy Savage after Hogan beats him. And this is exactly what happens. Like, Hogan, this would be return matches where Savage could, as Meltzer said, basically, just barely get away. And you could do a whole chase here and have Hogan win the title, essentially, at WrestleMania six. But they didn't do that. And honestly... The Warrior Hogan match was great anyway. But like you said, they could have made Mr. Perfect the champion and have him be the big heel that Ultimate Warrior goes after, but they didn't do that either. Anyway, March was the month they did the final sting of uh, Zahorian. We we mentioned off the top, April 1st, 1990, WrestleMania 6 at the Sky Dome. This really struck me because I didn't know this, is that this did 200,000 less buys than WrestleMania 5. And they blame that, of course, on the Ultimate Warrior. I'm sure Hulk Hogan echoed that fact that he blamed it on the Ultimate Warrior. But it does seem like it's more that no one knew that the Mega Powers is as good as it gets. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have Randy Savage, who people fucking loved, and then you're trying to replace him the next year? It's like, give this guy a bit more time on the top. But another thing is, this is Vince McMahon. He's fucking insane about age. Savage and Hogan are in their mid thirties. To him, that's very old, which is which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Again, we use the AJ Styles comparison always, but it's like AJ Styles is mid forties and still Vince McMahon is like, ah, my youthful little boy, come sit on my knee and hear a story. You got it, Vince. Now can you just <laughs> make sure that in this story there, uh, you uh, acknowledge that the Earth is flat and that the Queen of England is a uh, reptile lizard pedophile that drinks blood? Because I have read some websites. <laughs> and I, gotta say, uh, I agree with everything. That Politically, they say. they're probably so aligned, and they, <laughs> if, if they weren't, if he wasn't short, he would just be the champion for so long oh because here's the difference is aj styles believes in god and vince mcmahon believes he's god so they basically can uh, have the same faith-based system they can both be like oh i was just praying earlier and he was like like what i was just making out with me i'm god aj (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, they both just say weird things and never question the other one. So they're like, I get along with that guy. It's like, you guys were just having two different conversations. Mm, but I listen to what no one says. Yeah. So it was very easy for me. Uh, I hear, I talk, I listen only in the silences. <laughs> so let's take a quick break and then we're going to talk in depth about the WrestleMania 6 main event, Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. Uh, no, we're not. As we're well as talk, some other fun bullshit. We're talking in depth about the Steve Allen sketch where. Um, Steve Allen's going to play the Russian national anthem and then they flush a toilet. And I got to tell you, it's, it's <laughs> the funniest wrestling has ever been. Oh, and we'll be talking. I think we can find time to touch on Bad News Brown versus uh, Roddy Piper. We probably should have a little look in on that segment because like of all the things that have aged badly in wrestling, and let's be honest, most things in wrestling age like already rotten fruit that's been put in a microwave. But that thing is come the fuck on. We were trying to make fun of Michael Jackson. What? Uh, why? Um, how do I put this? We're wrestling and we don't like them? <laughs> oh, here's the thing. Uh, I actually did pretty good as in uh, movies, so I think they're going to have me in bit parts, and what I want is that to never happen again, <laughs> so I'm going to do this character. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to... Be back two seconds, and then we're gonna have a we're gonna have a YOLO break, which will be three and a half days for us, but be one second for you. See you in a sec. Oh hi everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No, and that's why you need to do donate to Patreon because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie, <laughs> and you need to give to Patreon. To help my Maybe There's a Baby Fund, patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. <laughs> Dylan, let's start the beginning of my favorite number 69 with WrestleMania 6. <laughs> so, WrestleMania 6. Vince McMahon and the Ultimate Warrior have just fucked on a rug, which is something that someone claims. Scott Hall and a variety of other wrestlers claim that they had lovely, lovely sex on a bearskin rug, which I got to tell you, I love wrestling rumors. Uh, that that guy who got the almost the biggest amount of uh, cheers from the fans as the main top guy, um, there's no way that he could be the champion besides me, uh, out of weight, out of shape Brooklyn brawler. He must have been fucked in his butt by Vince McMahon on the <laughs> That's the only logical explanation. You know where I'd like to get fucked in the butt? On a nice rug. So that's probably where it is. It's probably something nice and classy. Yeah. Dylan, what type of rugs have you fucked on? I fucked on one. My knees got... My knees started uh, scraping up, so I just fucking switched to a bed, buddy. Uh, I've done it. <laughs> I'm comfort first. Of Always have of been. Of course. Here, this, this is the biggest advice that everyone who fucks should receive. Yeah, do it somewhere crazy, like three or four times in your very early 20s, and then soft areas. Kitchen, but put a sofa in the kitchen. Bathroom, put a bed in the bathroom. Living room, <laughs> have a bed in the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move a bed into the bathroom, and then you're going to want to light that bed on fire, because that <laughs> is a shit bed now. Yeah, yeah. 
What I'm trying to say is, if your bed's in the bathroom and you shit the bed, all you got to do is upturn the mattress and put that turd right in the tub, spray down the tur- uh, the uh, tub to get rid of your turd. None's the wiser. <laughs> so, the Ultimate Warrior, uh, he did not work out. I think... Honestly, half of that is because he sucked. Half of that is because of the natural downturn of the business. Um, absolutely, I think it's absolutely the natural downturn of the business. And also he was absolutely manipulated by the best keep my spot warm guy in the fucking biz, which mm-hmm. is um, hide your wives Hogan. Because you have to understand, look at the end of that match. How fucking long Hogan takes to get the belt Keep the camera on everyone. Hogan knows that Vince is essentially has a crush on Hulk and does and is but is infatu is infatuated with Hulk, has a crush on the Ultimate Warrior. So Hogan exploits that by taking his fucking time. And you watch Hogan leave, you don't watch the Ultimate Warrior celebrate. Now Hogan presents that like the fans did that. No, the WWF, as they always do, did not have faith in the person that was being cheered by the fans. So they do mm-hmm. it half-assed, and then it doesn't work, and then they go, "See, we shouldn't listen to our audience." No, if you're a if you're fucking McDonald's and you debut the fucking McRib, you don't sell. It's the McRib. It might be okay. I don't fuck you though. Yes, but this is mostly because there was a massive downturn in the business for that show for WrestleMania. There was way less people that bought that uh pay-per-view sorry i'm just gonna pull up the numbers it was five hundred and sixty thousand down from seven hundred and sixty seven thousand the previous year um it was a much better show because they did it in the sky dome in front of sixty seven thousand fans Canadian fans that went fucking ape shit adam copeland who love hulk hogan edge was there edge was there dylan was gonna go but he was too busy being on a date with a hot babe he told me yeah was too busy fucking Getting all up in Edge's mom and creating Christian. <laughs> At five years old, I had sex with a grown woman. Nutted. And nutted. I got her pregnant. You, yeah, you had sex with a grown woman, nutted in her, and produced uh, someone that was born years earlier. That's, again. <laughs> That's a challenge that I accepted. Yeah, and no, no. I Listen, I'm very critical of you a lot on this program. Not just accepted. You succeeded, my friend. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Ultimate Warrior, if you haven't seen this match, I watched it for the first time in years. Great match, and it's mostly because all they do is rest holds, and Hogan pulls out every trick in the book, but that, that being, you you see this guy sell, and you've seen him in Jeopardy, but you've never really seen him in Jeopardy before this till... Previously, you saw him in Jeopardy with, like, Andre, but you never saw him in Jeopardy where he's, like, just actually losing tests of strength with no cheating whatsoever. He is being matched move for move by the Ultimate Warrior. Where the Ultimate Warrior falters is he is not as good a performer as Hogan, which I mean not technical wrestling, but just like he's not as good at getting the crowd into it. His fucking nice hot facials. (laughs) It's so funny. It's expressions. His acting isn't as good as Hulk Hogan's at all. Like, his, he doesn't project anything. And if you watch them before they square off, the warrior doesn't take the trolley thing down. He runs, Hogan yeah. does. 
So he runs the whole way down. So he's fucking exhausted immediately. <laughs> he's exhausted immediately to the point where it's like when he actually gorilla presses Hulk Hogan, I was like, oh, fuck. Hogan could die here. And I'm sure Hogan was thinking that himself was like, because the warrior had a really great reputation of fucking just murdering people on these gorilla press big, uh, big penchants for neck injuries our ultimate warrior had. oh yeah and people a lot smaller than hulk hogan as well bobby heenan became no touch after the ultimate warrior touched him yeah and which also sounds really sweet Ooh, i'm a no touch now anyway <laughs> the thing that i also think no, other than the fact that hulk hogan is clearly a better promo, clearly better in the ring, clearly a better, like, theatrical actor. I'm not going to say facials. I'm going to say what it is. It's like getting the crowd into it. Acting. And, like, being in the moment. It's acting. So, which makes, makes, makes me feel like a loser saying it. Don't get me wrong, everybody who's listening to this. But the thing is true. Look at what, look at what the two of them did as careers after wrestling. Ultimate Warrior went on to sell, uh, start a motivational tour about how we need to start a war against gay people. Hulk Hogan went to be in B-movies. Like, it makes sense. So, another thing I think that plays into it, weirdly, is that Hulk Hogan is bald. And But what I mean by that is, Hulk Hogan is like... It was that whole thing when I started comedy where they said, you can be the, like... You can be the be- funniest, best-looking guy in the world, but you gotta have mustard on your tie... Yeah, there there has to be a flaw to what there has to be something about yeah. you. You can be a He has a visible flaw yeah. and the warrior had like beautiful fucking Tina Turner hair. Mm. Muscles and it was also but the thing is is the ultimate warrior looked like a superhero but there mm-hmm. wasn't anything human about the ultimate ultimate warrior in the end. Exactly. And even when Hogan was this huge dude, but he's bald and he's not like he never had a six-pack really. People forget that. He's buff as shit, but he's like, if you look at Hulk Hogan on television, he just looks like a big man who's friendly, whereas the Ultimate Warrior was like, he was the 90s thing, and I think a lot of the reason the Ultimate Warrior worked, we have an Ultimate Warrior episode if you guys want to listen to it. It's one of the very early shows. I think that's when our theme song was still just Vader's WCW I mean, theme. That was that was for years that was our theme song. Like That's, that's you know, two or three. It, yeah, I forget how long it had been, but anyway. The ultimate, the ultimate warrior was the reason he got over. It was very simple. It's like he came out, he ran out and he did everything super fast and he just did high spots his whole match. Exactly what all the old guys complain about now. That's what he did. He just did it in like an eighties wrestling way where he didn't do crazy moves cause he couldn't cause he wasn't that good a wrestler. So it's basically he's worse Goldberg if you look at it. And I'm sure some people will be pissed off that I said he's worse Goldberg, but that's essentially what he is. He's like. Not as cool Bill Goldberg. He just has better face paint. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's... I remember him being awesome Bill Goldberg, but then you watch any... Like, Ultimate Warrior is like Andy Kaufman's comedy or eating things that have a face on them when you're still eating them. The story is really good. Watching them in the moment, you're just like, oh, this is weird. He's the Tom Green of wrestling. I mean, I disagree. Tom Green is glorious. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like everyone remembers it fondly, but then you watch it again. And you're like, oh, that was good. I can watch that once. And then you watch it. You know what I mean? It has it definitely had a shelf life. The Ultimate Warrior did. But nonetheless, he, out, he gets outperformed by Hulk Hogan because and this is the real, real working of the matches. Obviously, the aftermatch, they're going to give the Ultimate Warrior the title and have his moment. 
And what Hogan does is he picks up the title, tearfully gives it to Warrior, raises his hand, and the entire story of the match goes from the Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan to look how gregarious Hulk Hogan is. And it's a way more interesting story, to be honest, of this is the first time this guy's actually just been fairly beaten in a wrestling match that we've ever seen. Because all the wrestling fans who watched this were like our age. Yeah. So they were like five or six at the time. And this is the first time Hulk Hogan has ever fairly been beaten. And even when even when Mega Heels tried to beat him, it took like Andre the Giant and a fast count to actually get the title off this guy. Absolutely. And again, it was a, there's a way to present it that would have been a more passing of the torch. And if you want to listen to an absolute defense of this, go listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast where he talks all about this. And they very much go, we did everything we could. I still maintain they didn't do everything that they could, but I agree with everything Dylan is saying about how Hogan, especially at this point, was sort of the unbeatable guy when it came to presentation. It's, a, it's an interesting footnote in wrestling in that they didn't help the Ultimate Warrior move past Hogan, but I don't know if there necessarily was any moving past Hogan. That would only Hulk Hogan couldn't be defeated in the ring, but he could be defeated in the court of law. Hello, steroid scandal, which we talked about in the first part of the episode. <laughs> I teased it. I teased it. Well, this is the thing where he just one final thing about Warrior essentially is that like watch the final part of the match, and this is where Hogan is so good is he saves energy for the final part of the match because in Warrior's mind it's done now I won I'm off stage but in Hogan's mind it's like this is where I'm going to do my best performance cuz Hogan Warrior just sticks his hands up and goes like I won that's it he doesn't like hug it you know what I mean he doesn't like go on his knees and cry like Michaels did that crazy that's probably one of the best title wins of all time where he goes to his knees and cries it's his big moment you know warrior just puts the child like, i got both of these fucking things now <laughs> you fucking make a great point i always do oh, john yeah, but always poo. the real main event the main event for this podcast of course roddy piper against bad news brown roddy piper if you haven't seen this puts his <laughs> half and half in blackface it's wonderful what does he call himself oh god i don't know the hot rod and the hot scott oh god like, how do you not know this? He made a movie. He made several movies. He made a movie with John Carpenter. Yeah. He, well, listen, I love John Carpenter's movie. He doesn't know blackface is bad. Yeah, no. Because, again, I bet you that to Roddy... Bear in mind, by the way, they were doing blackface on Saturday Night Live in 2000. Jimmy Fallon dressed up as Chris Rock. True. You're right. You're. But he didn't do what... All right. So Jimmy Fallon dressed up as Chris Rock, yes, and he did an impression of Chris Rock. That's what he did. I'm not going to say it wasn't he wasn't doing blackface, but he did an impression. What Roddy Piper did was a he was in blackface and then he did a blackface voice. So he would go, "I'm Roddy Piper." He would turn to the camera the white side of him obviously. "I'm Roddy Piper. I'm talking to you." And then he would turn to the Hot Scott and the Hot Scott would go like Hey, Dale. <laughs> it was fucking disgusting. Well, and uh, uh, so everyone knows the story. If you're listening to this podcast, Arnold Skolan threw Arnold Skolan and the Andre the Giant dumped out the solution that would dissolve the uh, paint. So uh, justifiably so, Roddy had to travel back to Portland, Oregon, um, uh, after doing a bunch of blow with Bruce Pritchard, and with half his body painted black how the fuck he got through the airport i'll never fucking know this is one of the best babe i mean i can't and then of course he's facing bad news brown who quits 
the company because he wants to be the first black heavyweight champion and Vince McMahon uh, says no, no. No, he quits the company because he quits the company because Vince McMahon told him I'm going to make you the first black champion and then bad news the agent didn't do that. Yeah, but I mean if you're bad news brown you look at Hulk Hogan and then you look at the other guy they're pushing Ultimate Warrior and then you look at yourself and uh you're like a a fat man. Bad news brown yeah. was. I'm not saying he wasn't great. I mean, but he was he was, he was like a right. oh, he was like a guy who's in shape but like you, you meet him in person, you're like that guy's strong. But then just th- some things aren't represented well on television. I mean, it's the weirdest gimmick in that he was bad news. Brown is from Harlem. Bad news. Brown is interesting in that he was sort of this muddled, weird gimmick of like he's he's from Harlem. He's really dangerous. He's good at karate because it was the '80s and everyone was good. You know why? Because he was a Olympian for judo, and no one knows what judo is <laughs> or like. In the 80s, they were like, judo, that's a Japanese thing. And he said, well, it's actually like a bunch of slams. So I get you in like a clinch and I, oh, yeah, 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 I know, Japan kicking. Anyway, do you want to do one where you're like sneaky, like in Japan? And then he went, what? And then they were like, we'll stick with the kicks. Yeah, no, again, absolutely 100%. Life is hell, wrestling is hell. I mean, early 90s wrestling essentially is... But this is leads to one of the, I think, one of the better fucking send-offs for big old Sol Hogan, where I think what they should have... This is the funny thing, is this is once again where The Rock is better than Hulk Hogan, is that The Rock just accepted that he's now like a legacy character who will come in for some really sweet, like, one-off... Yeah. Once he got into Hollywood, he was like, I'll just come in for these really cool one-off matches that I get to, like, work with Goldberg, and I get to work with, um, you know, Batista and Randy Orton and people like this. But Hulk Hogan um, gets his ribs injured by Earthquake. Earthquake was on a fucking tear that year. Is this where he killed the snake or no? No, that the snake is killed in about 18 months. But this is, and this is the best Earthquake, uh, earthquake uh, in my opinion, in that he looks like... So he looks like such a scumbag, dirty bastard. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He looks like you. Know he looks like he looks like a weirdly his name is the natural disaster. And this is back, of course, his name is Earthquake. Uh, I didn't say the natural disaster. Apologies. But this is back when you had a fat guy on the roster and his move was some version of sitting. on Yeah. You. And also the way he did it, because he, he would run it with such force. You're like. Oh, God, when he sits on you, he's going to kill you. And then he probably... And it turns out he was... Listen, listen to the John Tenta episode. The guy fucking rules. He's awesome. Also, this gave birth to, I'm sure, a lot of fat bullies who were like, wait a minute, if I jump and sit on him, I'm going to fuck this kid up. Brutus Beefcake, who was Hulk Hogan's surprise, surprise, his choice to basically be his I mean, keep the seat warm the for me guy. stupidest fucking thing in the world. Because uh, basically what it is is Hulk Hogan being like, all right, who's someone that definitely won't be successful? Ah, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Excellent. You have my spot. Like, fuck you, Hogan, you little bitch. Well, it's also like, who's the guy who I know will just let me, who will let me uh, beat them immediately when I come back? Yeah, he's still a little bitch. No, he's not. Hulk Hogan is the pro wrestling version of like how whenever you see some guy who really likes really, really in music. Like I like I like music a lot when I was in high school. Obviously, since I have a fucking job now, I've lost shape. Nice. No worries. I didn't mean it. Um, But I don't even know what that meant. So I liked it, though. What I mean is Hulk Hogan is one of those guys where you'll find any real music lover will just have one or a couple albums. 
Well, you'll look at them and be like, Jerry Lee Lewis. And you're like, they'll go, yeah. And you're like, didn't he impregnate a 13-year-old? Be like, but he's got some good songs. <laughs> and that's what Hulk Hogan is for wrestling fans. Yeah, it's exa- yeah. No, it's like, you've ne- you haven't heard the later stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you haven't heard his later stuff when he was gospel and he was like, marrying a 13-year-old is a cool teen-year-old. It's fine. Here's the My thing favorite. about murdering one of your wives. Pay, just pay the sheriff every month and you can have speed influence threesomes with people you meet at a bar. Kill your wife. This is the other thing about Jerry Lee Lewis that I thought was really funny before we get to more wrestling stuff is he showed up in England for that tour yeah, yeah, yeah. and his wife, obviously, just call her wife, his cousin didn't know it wasn't okay to marry a 13-year-old who was also your cousin. She's like, this is how just we do it in the South. Yeah. This is a kinfolk marriage. You can't marry into less money. Yeah. Uh... We, you gotta keep the money in the family, Mr. Queen. I assume you are the queen because of your accent? Uh, no, uh, the queen's a woman. <laughs> I, I cannot tell because of your weird language. Are we in Paris, France? Uh, no, you're actually still in Memphis. I'm just a British Airways flight attendant. Yeah, I have the vapors. Ooh, that's very good. Who is the mayor, or also, as we call it in Tennessee, guy who has married the most of his cousins? If you've married three of your cousins, you're the mayor. I assume the president has married 75 of his cousins. Dylan, you're from, you're from a small town in Canada. Did you know anyone who fucked their cousin? Uh, I'm from, like, the suburbs. That's fair. So yeah. I feel like it should be re... Because, like, everyone says small town, whatever. There's small towns and then there's the suburbs. I'm pretty definably from the suburbs. So it's this weird thing where no one in the suburbs knows how to act, so we all just wear van shoes. <laughs> uh... Do you know what I mean? Where you're just like, I guess I like skateboarding because I'm white, but I hate puka shell necklaces. <laughs> so skateboarding it is. Um, no, we only had guys who would like be like, uh, oh, we're all in grade eight here. Who are you dating? That guy who's in the last year of high school. I think that's weird. Oh my God. <laughs> you, oh my God. You are like, there are w- women, there are girls there who had hit puberty and you are not one of them. <laughs> this guy's a fucking creep. Oh, the amount of, the amount of people I know that were in high school dating full on 20 year olds. Yeah, man, that was, a, that was like a thing. And then also like, where you're like, I could ask this guy to get me beer, but I don't want to hang out with him. Yeah. They're, uh, and you know how hard that is when it's like more than anything else. In when you're 14, you want to have three beers and just act wasted because you're actually scared of how being really drunk would make you feel. Um, but just do not want to hang out with that guy who wears his hat so low that you're like, are you on a stakeout? <laughs> no. <laughs> are you going to? But the police are looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sergeant Slaughter comes back into the WWF. He is skinny fat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? How crazy it is that like... <laughs> gi joe's back and he hates america now like that's isn't that nuts it'd be like if we saw snake eyes was in wrestling and then it's like and i'm because i was like whenever when they when he aligned with basically iraq i remember thinking doesn't he mean cobra um what's amazing is that they are they're floundering a little bit in terms of attendance they bring back someone who's literally on saturday morning tv and their their plan is instead of make him the good guy, put the belt on him. They're like, 
Oh yeah, he's with he's with Cobra though. <laughs> <laughs> so this is in August they bring back Slaughter. So this is how this is how quickly they get it off of Warrior. Is April and April May, like that's how bad the house shows were going. Like I said, there's like John said, sorry, there's no story with the Ultimate Warrior. There's no humanity. He's just kind of like you. What he is, he would have been a fucking amazing like. If there were like some, if they could have stuck him in a tag team, he would have been amazing. Like some, just some other juice head who could just fucking do all. He needed an animal more than anything in the world. That's exactly how I want to put it. He was a hawk without an animal. Yo, SummerSlam takes place in front of nineteen thousand people in Philly. The buy rate was half a million down from 625,000. So this is the second time where they're like me no likey, but it should be said this it is the highest rated SummerSlam until the Attitude Era. All these by the way, such as the um half a million they get for WrestleMania, this is one of the highest until the Attitude Era. Yeah, Cuz again, it also is an indicator Ultimate Warrior gets a lot of the blame. Hogan comes back, it's not like Hogan spikes fucking business. Mhm. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Suburban Commando obviously takes like nine seconds where he's like, hey, what's my line? I don't know. Just to say something. Yeah. All right. You need to say something before Christopher Lloyd yells, I was frozen today. We watched a movie that my acting teacher from uh, college made and he had Stacy Keach in it. And it was Stacy Keach was never in the same scene as another actor except for the finale. And it was like, oh, they just they just filmed Stacy Keach in four hours. <laughs> and then Stacy Keach was like. I gotta fucking go, so I'm doing my death scene now. Can you take your sunglasses off? Not part of the deal. Was this Frank, uh, was this a Frank D'Angelo feature? Who made this movie? Robin Duke, Louis Bowmander. It's called Future Fear. Don't watch it. It's a softcore porn, but they fucking cut out all the sex scenes on YouTube. Ridiculous. What? Is it actually a softcore porn? No, there's one sex scene in it, and that they cut out, and it's really funny. The sex scene was one of the funnier parts of the movie. It's like perfect because it's a Roger Corman movie and this Louis Bowmander guy was always super pretentious and uh, he definitely had some input on <laughs> the super pretentious lines and there was also like a definable, a definable point in that movie where you could tell that no one cared anymore. It's about... I checked the time code 15 minutes in. I was like, how much longer do we have? Oh, an hour. Sweet. <laughs> It was an hour and 15 minutes. It felt like three hours. Anyway, future fear. If you want to go check it out, if you just want to fucking not beat off to something, because <laughs> you're not a creep or whatever. SummerSlam, uh, obviously half a million. That was bad times. This is where uh, the old warrior, they've stuck him with Rick Rude. In a cage, though. They could have. Yeah. And Rick Rude was a real missed opportunity because they really could have stuck him with the belt for a while and done great business because i think he would have been a great opponent for hulk hogan even and uh, hogan didn't want to work with him supposedly was concerned about it well yeah because rick rude was cut the fuck yeah up. and also i guarantee rick rude's a bit of a fucking scumbag based on all the stories of rick rude showing people guns like hulk hogan's pretty smart with who he works with and he's hulk hogan's not putting himself in a situation where Oh, I need to. We're winning. I'm winning the title tonight at WrestleMania, and Rick Rude's like, "Oh yeah, just one thing," and then takes out a gun. Like, <laughs> I see why they were a bit hesitant to put the belt on Rick Rude because Rick Rude is, if anything, an X factor. Well, this is the other thing about is this is a weird. I, I just realized this. Sorry, is that 
they've got such a dearth of good workers being they have Ted DiBiase who weirdly is like being phased down now we're going to probably be talking about Money Inc in the next couple of weeks yeah. which will be a great tag team um so he's being phased down they have Mr. Perfect who was supposed to win the Royal Rumble but then they decided not to do that and they have Rick Rude who is a gr- who now is coming into his own and becoming a great worker of course he then leaves for WCW later in the year November 22nd, Survivor Series takes place, Hartford, Connecticut, 16,000 people. The buy rate's actually up 400,000 from 300,000. Well, who's back? And he's, he's one, the, the, one of the metric is, listen, I'm not a big Hulk Hogan supporter, but the metric does prove itself. Like, Hogan comes back, and they're going to spike a little bit. It's not as good as it was the year before, but it's an improvement on what the other pay-per-views had done without Hulk Hogan for no other reason than it's another guy you want to see. Yeah, and but the thing is, you also want to, like... You also want to train the audience that this guy's not always going to be there. And it's it's fear for sure. I mean, obviously, you're going to want to keep your major attraction on your card. But you need to, like, get people used to the fact that it's like, this isn't the Hulk Hogan show. This is the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, baby. Well, they have... This is the this is the team's... Uh, this is very fun. The Hulkamaniacs versus the Natural Disasters. Uh, the Alliance versus the Mercenaries. This is my favorite one, is the Visionaries, Hercules, Paul Roma, Rick Martel, and the Warlord beat the Vipers. Jake the Snake and then a bunch of guys that he knows that have pills. No, Jake the Snake, Jimmy Snuka. Ooh. Oh, no. Marty Jannetty. Oh, no. Shawn Michaels. What an appropriate oh, name. Oh, boy, yeah. Oh. Jake the Snake is the best person in that Jake group. Jake the Snake, by the way, yeah. Uh, in that match... The person who will treat your wife with the most respect, Jake the Snake Roberts. (laughs) Because he'll just ask her if she has cigarettes, and then when she says no, he'll just go ask someone else who has cigarettes. Well, could you buy me some cigarettes? Uh, No. All right. That's fair. Shawn Michaels, (laughs) if you're attractive and it's the 90s, Shawn Michaels is going to try and fuck you. Marty Jannetty is just talking weirdly about his daughter, and Jimmy Snooki is full on trying to murder you. Well, the Rockers also would just uh roofie women and then take them back to their hotel room i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say it right now <laughs> marty Janetti has said that in multiple interviews sean michaels for some reason has never been asked that question sean michaels is absolutely responsible for the big downturn in wrestling and the, the wwf's near bankruptcy in 95 and 96 is a hundred percent because sean michaels is a little bitch and he's still a little fucking think, uh, yeah, bitch. Yeah, because he tried to pull Hogan moves, but he just didn't bring in. He didn't bring in the, the fucking Hogan money. And, Hul- and Vince McMahon was so yeah. sad Hogan was gone. He believed it. Shawn Michaels, you will never hear this. I will say you're a piece of shit human being. You're a bad person. Yeah. You hide behind the yeah. Bible to justify your fucking loser mm-hmm. behavior. You're a good wrestler. You're That's not a qualifiable skill. You're a homophobe. You're a bitch. And if I ever see you in the street and you're like, hey, did you call me a bitch? I'm going to fucking slap you so fucking hard. Your other eye won't <laughs> if, work, you <laughs> dumb cokehead. If Shawn Michaels sees you in the street and says, did you call me a bitch? I will give you $100,000 on the spot. I mean, it's never going to happen. But if that did you call me a bitch? I'm sorry. I've listened to literally every wrestling podcast in the world, and I'm down to number 586. Did you call me a bitch? Spectacular. In your episode, I would. Sorry, I I'm never not listening to a wrestling podcast. It would be so. You called me a bitch. It would be. You realize there's a wrestling podcast that's two hours uh, every episode every day. Yeah. 
And he listens. He listens to us. <laughs> Did you call me a bitch? He loves Barry Darso. Does our Shawn Michaels? I don't care if you ever hear this, The Godfather. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> that would actually be. If you ever hear this, The Godfather, I want to come to your strip club once. I don't fucking not worried about getting COVID from breathing the same air as another yeah, person. We, I don't know. Here's the thing: is but I would I would absolutely believe that. If they're okay, the chances are very, very low. Shawn Michaels more likely to listen to a podcast about himself than Charles Wright. Like I guarantee, Charles Wright. I, this will. Shawn Michaels will not even be in the hashtags that I attach this podcast. I, I mean, <laughs> there's no way that Shawn Michaels is ever going to hear me calling him a little fucking bitch. But if somehow he does, guess what? You owe me a fucking hundred grand. <laughs> didn't specify the currency so yeah that's right i'll pay you a hundred thousand whatever the worst currency of the world is at the time anyway which could be actually less than a penny so we got to talk about the debut of the undertaker because the undertaker is going to come up a lot as we work through this the undertaker weird gimmick pitched by bruce pritchard do you think vince mcmahon came up with this gimmick just as how he sees himself he's like i'm unkillable how about that gimmick this is this is how my business will go they keep putting me down and i'll keep coming back even though years later i should have stopped and also i'll go to saudi arabia for the money like yeah the undertaker is is the true to life avatar of Vince McMahon. i don't talk i think i can control the weather my brother is not really my brother, and I killed my parents. You can bury me alive, and I'll just rise up and beat you yeah. up. If you're overweight, I'll drown you in concrete. Um, <laughs> I want to marry my daughter. Yeah. The Undertaker did hate fat guys for a good time in the mid-90s. Where he just, I heard you eat too much. Uh, I'm a big night eater, but what does that mean? I'm facing you at Survivor Series. (laughs) Yeah, The Undertaker. Yeah, Vince McMahon's true-to-life avatar debuts at this uh, Survivor Series. That true-to-life avatar is, of course, The Undertaker. Uh, And The Undertaker weirdly pushed to the fucking moon right away. The Undertaker is one of the, it's one of those wrestling gimmicks where everyone everyone talks about how the great and powerful Oz sucked. They talk about how Mantar sucked. Uh, They talk about how Farouk... When Farouk was first the like the weird gladiator guy, he sucked. Um, but the Undertaker is the gimmick that everyone points to, and it's like, why did the zombie who works in a funeral parlor work in the old west? In the old west, and his manager was yeah another pallbearer in the funeral parlor in the old west. Why is that? Why did that work? And they go, I don't his know. His original manager is Brother Love, like the. And then they attach Bruce, and then they attach Paul Bearer to him. And yeah, then it goes bananas. But this is why does that work? And it's like I don't know. Sometimes wrestling is just fucking weird. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Um. And also, I want to add, if you are ever one of those people, where it's like, oh, I can't believe how they're being presented on commentary. Um. Roddy Piper, he gets counted out. The Undertaker does in Survivor Series. He murders everybody, but gets counted out so that the baby faces can win. And uh, Roddy Piper goes, he's big, but he's dumb. And at the time, everyone was like, ooh, I guess this gimmick is dead. No, it's not. He, he's fine. Also, you need to watch that Survivor Series on the network for no other reason than Roddy Piper right off the bat makes a wicked oh, reference. Yeah, to he him. makes a blow joke immediately. Yeah, immediately yeah. Just like, we're all hamped up. 
Ja! That could have been because he has no septum, to be fair. He was just trying to breathe in air really badly. I mean, I gotta tell you, <sighs> it's very interesting because you can really see you shouldn't overproduce Roddy Piper because that was his problem on commentary. And also, they should have made him a heel to be the heel commentator as opposed to, ah, you know, Virgil, I just want to be your friend. Okay. <laughs> should say this, that Bad News Brown and Rick Rude uh, leave before this pay-per-view because they are pissed off. Bad News Brown about the world champion thing and Rick Rude because he was basically used as just a feud for a champion that sucked. Yeah, and also they said you can't bring your gun into the building and he was like, well... (laughs) But uh, wait a minute, I have a picture of your wife on this gun. Okay, for the trunks, that's charming, but for the gun, that's bad. (laughs) What am I supposed to brandish in the locker room? (laughs) All right, so that was 1990. We're going to talk about 1991 next week. That's where it gets real fun. What's the best thing about Vince McMahon in 1990, John, you fat bitch? I mean, I feel like how emo he gets that Hulk Hogan goes to make a movie. Like, I just, I just, that's funny. Is that, yeah, I could say The Undertaker, but I'm going to say that. So this is the interesting part because he's really developing his manipulative persona and he can't be your dad yet because he's not old enough. So he has to be these guys friends or try and convince them he's his brother. He's their brothers, if that makes any sense. Interesting. Because you always hear about that, right? He's like, he truly tries to act like a father figure in the last like 20 years because he's an older guy now. So he can kind of like, and obviously if you're a wrestler or a performer of that, you didn't get enough hugs or you got too many hugs. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think, I think the best thing about Vince McMahon here is that he's trying. I don't think that, hmm, I don't know. It's kind of an autopilot. I'll tell you this, this year really flies in the face of, cause like I said, he started in the WBF and it really flies in the face of like, when he's distracted from other things, he really does his best creative work. Cause this is kind of like, I think the best thing is probably Hogan versus warrior just because it's such an epic match. I mean, I think that one match is really, really great. I think the worst thing is the follow-up that he does with the ultimate warrior because he's just lost money on no holds barred and he's in the process of losing money on the WBF. So that, just the fact that he doesn't always focus on wrestling and does his own stupid little ideas. Obviously, that's his prerogative and he can do whatever he wants with his money. But that enables him to not take the loss to get a new guy over instead of Hulk Hogan. Mm. The inability of him to like switch off of Hulk Hogan and not make it the Hulk Hogan company versus the WWF. And I think the reason this experience with the warrior and him not being able to make the warrior very easily after the match with Hogan and him getting Hogan to do the job, even though in some ways Hogan fucks him over really is the reason why he doesn't allow anyone, not the explicit reason, but one of the many combining reasons why he doesn't allow wrestlers now to be up kind of above the marquee of WWE because it be- it's still the Hulk Hogan company for like until Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think people forget that. It's and by the way, it's still the Hulk Hogan company. In many ways, yeah, it's Hulk Hogan. No, you know what it is? It's the Rock Company now. Yeah, it's the Rock Company now. We're we're he's the biggest star in the world. Yeah, and I guarantee that Vince McMahon still, if in his darkest hour, will tell you Terry drew more than than Dwayne. Yeah, because you always remember your. You know, it's it's a classic thing. You always remember the first. And Dwayne, and honestly, The Rock never got the chance to just be the dude for like years because he had Stone Cold and The Rock at like pretty much the same time, and they were both just better performers and better team 
players than Hulk Hogan to the point where they would allow other people to get over. And then, oh, I can't wait until we get to The Rock when The Rock portrays a gay character and be cool and Vince McMahon doesn't like that. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be... I want, Dude, I can't wait till. I I don't know how far we are off of it, but we're going to have to do an episode on WWE Studios, and that is going to be the greatest moments of our lives. I mean, we're going to have to do an episode on the restaurant WWE New York, which I did eat at. (laughs) The world famous. Did you put your headshot up there? I would have done that. (laughs) I would have... I would have ate one fry and then had a cordless drill and drilled my headshot into the wall. John, what's the worst thing about Vince McMahon during this era? He allowed Roddy Piper, era. To, Roddy Piper to go on black, uh, go on blackface. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's actually it. No further questions. Uh, <laughs> and what you say the best thing was, or did you say that? Yeah, yeah, you say the best. The what did I say the best thing was? I know I said it. It wasn't the Undertaker. I don't know. I forget everything I right after yeah. I say it. We've done six six hundred thousand of these yeah, episodes, I don't John. No, I don't don't stand by anything I've said. Nothing I nothing I say is my opinion. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, guys. Now it's the plug time. Go buy my album on iTunes, you fucks. And also, and I'm not fucking just saying this. Go buy Dylan's album, Doctor Plops. He's a very good comedian. You will enjoy it. He talks a lot about the views that he has, such as women mm. are weak, according to Dylan God. Mm. They are in charge. And then he winks for a long time at the camera. And then let's forget his hilarious observational joke. Periods. I eat them. <laughs> Dr. Plops is available June 4th, available for pre-order, dylangott.bandcamp.com. That's dylangott.bandcamp.com. Special announcement, though. If you guys don't want to do pre-order of this, uh, Bandcamp just announced June 5th. June 5th, they are taking their fees off for the day. They are taking their fees off of all their albums. So if you pay $15 for an album, then we get $15. They will not take like 15%, I think it is. They usually take. So go buy John and myself's albums or just subscribe to Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you extreme episodes, the most YOLO episodes of our podcast. 20 bucks a month. We got some 20, some people giving 25, 20 bucks a month and you get to pick your own uh, episodes. We got John Cooper is the newest addition to the fold. Uh, Patreon will also have, sorry, I fucked up. John Cooper actually is a lovely listener who edited together the best of for some of our characters we've done on the show here. And we're going to put those on Patreon for download. And I think the first one I'm going to put up is the Mean Gene episode. And that is an hour and 13 minutes that I have not listened through yet and may have to delete some stuff, bringing it down to much less than an hour and 13 minutes. But our riffs on Mean Gene, the serial killer Mean Gene character, and we'll be releasing one of those a month on the Patreon feed exclusively, and uh, then we're going to fucking stick our dicks in the door and hit them with hammers. Patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. If you guys don't want to pay us money, no stress. Follow us on Twitter, at Wrestler Review. Twitter, my Twitter is Dylan Gott, at Dylan Gott, and John's is at the John Hastings. That's it for the plugs. Go suck me off. Suck Dylan off. See you in hell, you fucks.